Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Today, Pastor J.D. shares some current trends in the church. There is much being promoted in the church in the name of outreach that truly has no place. While we know that the Bible does not speak against drinking alcohol in moderation, it certainly speaks against drunkenness. Is it then wise for a church to integrate alcohol consumption into their church services? Well, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on June 17th, 2018. For today's update, I'm going to, again, do something just a little bit different. We usually look at uh, current events from the previous week and their significance in terms of what the Bible says and what will take place in the last days. But I sense that the Holy Spirit would have me address something that the Lord had put on my heart, actually for quite some time now, having to do with what's being called end times fatigue. End times fatigue. It's been my experience that any mention of the Lord's return is met with this weariness and even in some cases a leeriness. And certainly this is true on the part of non-Christians, but perhaps even more concerning, it's also on the part of professing Christians as well. Now, it's my belief that this is happening for a number of reasons, but not the least of which, and maybe chief of which, is that there have been many false predictions giving people this hope of when the rapture could or would happen but didn't. And uh, I think of the proverb that says that hope deferred makes a heart sick. About a month ago now, a brother in Christ, Brian Schrager of the Jerusalem Journal, who lives in Israel, sent me a very interesting article. But I have to confess that after reading through it, I... (laughs) I found myself becoming a little upset. Okay, not really. I I got angry. (laughs) So much so that I just chose to archive it and pray about it. 
Then last week, as I was seeking the Lord concerning today's update, which I always do, I revisited it, and I reread it. But this time, I did so through a different lens of sorts. And in so doing, the Lord just, as only He can, and as He's so faithful to, just really blessed and encouraged my heart, and settled my heart, and so my hope and my prayer is that he will do the same for you today, especially if you're just weary and discouraged, and you want the Lord to come back. And it seems like he tarries, as it were. Well, I'll begin by sharing a few excerpts from the article, which was published in The Guardian back on May 19th. In it, the writer suggests that for many on the Christian right, the state of Israel has been seen as a key to fulfilling prophecy. However, a new generation has other ideas. The article was written the week that the Trump administration completed its move of the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And I'll quote some of what the article had to say. At the opening ceremony, two of the American speakers were evangelical superstars. I don't like that. Pastor Robert Jeffress the author of several doomsday books about Israel, and John Hagee, who interpreted recent lunar eclipses as evidence that the end times were nigh. The Fox News personality Janine Pirro, meanwhile, declared that Trump had, quote, fulfilled biblical prophecy, close quote. The writer goes on to say that In the 1970s, millions purchased a book called The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey, which interpreted events in Israel as evidence that the Great War of Armageddon would happen. It was followed by the wildly popular End Times Conspiracy, The New World Order, by the televangelist Pat Robertson, and then the left-behind novels and films which concern violent clashes in Israel that would bring about biblical prophecy. To outsiders, these pieces of doomsday pop culture seem like far-fetched lunacy. For millions of Christians, They are a roadmap to the end of the world. We've been through all this before, said Bruce McCluggage, a former evangelical who now identifies as a follower of Christ. He identifies as a follower of Christ. Throughout his youth, In the 1970s and 80s, McCluggage was a 
part of the Christian movement that interpreted the signs of Israel as evidence of the last days. But for McCluggage, after a slow burn of things not coming to pass, that conviction slowly faded. It was a classic tool used to witness to people, he recalled. We'd ask, if Jesus returned today, would you go to heaven? (laughs) It was kind of a threat. And we thought, with Israel coming together, we could hasten the return of Jesus. He still looks like a member of the California Jesus people, a movement of post-hippie Christians who were obsessed with end times prophecy. He still attends church, prays, and reads his Bible, but has slowly distanced himself from the Christian right. Today, he sits in a venue known for its post-evangelical, post-evangelical, or progressive evangelical contingent. As you can see, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this new terminology. The venue looks like any other hip, modern coffee house serving expensive pour-over coffee and craft beers to an indie rock soundtrack. Books with titles like Christianity After Religion and The Rebirthing of God. Line the shelves. Events like, what would Jesus brew? Beer-centric Bible study regularly take place. The writer then goes on to say, the shop, and I want you to know that when I say it made me angry, it was a, a righteous anger from a broken heart. I hope you understand that. This is what's heartbreaking. Listen to this. The shop is representative of a shifting, shifting attitude toward Christianity. One that doesn't have much interest in the apocalyptic rhetoric surrounding Israel. I want to say, I'm going to make a couple of comments, if you'll just bear with me, uh, just to kind of fill in some of the blanks. The word apocalypse, that, actually that's the revelation, is the apocalypse. You know what the word apocalypse means? Unveiling. Revealing. And it's seemingly come to mean something entirely different. And, and even has this, this negative connotation to it. Quoting, there are plenty of young, and this is where it's really heartbreaking. (laughs) There are plenty of young millennials downtown that would call themselves evangelical, even conservative, but are a very different breed from their parents who grew up evangelical, but no longer, and here's that word again, identify that way. They're mostly not Trump supporters, 
They have a spectrum of views on LGBT issues, and they're not on board with end times theology. There is definitely a kind of end times fatigue with this generation. Let me, if you'll again just indulge me, let me provide a commentary. Because I, I, in all fairness, appreciate the honesty. Because it is what it is. Let's be honest. This, This generation, the younger generation, wants nothing to do with anything related to Bible prophecy. I have a a thought as to why, and I'll just share it with you. It's from my heart. And I've talked with my two sons, age 20 and soon to be 18, about this. And one of the questions that gets asked is, from the young people, is, well, let me... Let me just be really honest. The first thing they say to someone like me is, you're old. In Jesus' name. I receive that. I am. What they're saying is, you've lived your life. I've got my whole life before me. I want to get married. I want to go to college. I want to get married. I want to have children. I want to, you know, live the American dream and buy a house and have 2.5 children and, you know, (laughs) two cars or, you know, if you're in Hawaii, you got one car in one garage. But anyway. And so, of course, you want the Lord to come back. I mean, just look at you. (laughs) They got a point. But I got my whole life ahead of me. So, what do you say to that? No, I'm I'm asking, what what do you say to a young person who comes to you with that type of a discussion and question? What do you say to them? Well, here's what I say to them. And you can use it if you want, (laughs) if the Lord puts it on your heart too. There is never going to be anyone in heaven young or old, that will ever say, oh, I wish the Lord wouldn't have come back before I got married. Just ask a married person on that one. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. No young person is going to be in heaven, in glory, where there's no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears, and certainly no more death for all eternity, saying, I wish I would have went to college and took out a student loan for $500,000 that I pay back for the rest of my life. No, for real. (laughs) Nobody's going to say that. My daughter, in our devotions one day, says, you know, I... um, I want the Lord to come back, but, you know, I, I want to, you know, live my life. And I said, Sabia, <laughs> here, here's the thing. 
If the Lord were to come back when you're this young, oh my goodness. Think of what in life you will have been spared from. No, right? I mean, come on. We, here, here's the, the subtlety and, and the satanic success, if I can say it that way. The, 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 the enemy has succeeded in, and it's really, God's holding out on you. It's the same lie from the garden. God is withholding from you. He doesn't want you to have, and you fill in the blank. It's the same old lie with new wrapping paper. It's been repackaged and reinvented. God's holding out on you. God doesn't want you to. I did a wedding yesterday. It was kind of interesting. I, uh, it was the first time I'd ever actually prayed this or even said this, especially in the context of a wedding. It was one of the funnest weddings I've ever done. And I was on the North Shore. And um, it was really interesting because I, I said, Lord, we just want to have fun. And we know that you want us to have fun because you invented fun. Well, that turns some heads. I, so afterwards, I'm sitting at the table, and the guy looks at me and goes, what kind of a pastor are you? <laughs> I, I've never heard that before. You know, because, but again, I, the reason I, I share that is because is that not what we, we do? We misrepresent the Lord. It's like, come to Christ and be the frozen chosen. <laughs> really? And that's going to be attractive and inviting to a young person in this generation? Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I, I, please, no, I'm not yelling at you. <laughs> it might sound like I am. I'm not. I'm just, uh, this is, this gets me. This gets me. Because you got to know that I, I pray. I say, Lord, there's so many young people on this island and they need Jesus. I better keep moving here. This post-evangelical generation was raised on a post-evangelical generation was raised on a steady diet of low-budget movies. I'll give them that. And pulp novels that injected a potent fear of the coming rapture a dynamic most eloquently described by the late Billy Graham. Quote, I pick up the Bible in one hand, he said, and I pick up the newspaper in the other, and I read almost the same words in the newspaper as I read in the Bible. It's being fulfilled every day round about us. In the 1990s, Christopher Stroop was one such evangelical. He has now abandoned his faith, which makes me wonder if he was ever born again to begin with. Just saying. And leads a social media campaign seeking to galvanize, quote, ex-vangelicals, ex-vangelicals, with hashtags, and by the way, fellow old people, 
fellow no hair, gray hair, whatever hair people, I love you. But you got to understand something. The young generation, this is where they live. This is where they live. We have no idea. You know, I heard someone say, and I'm going to have to check into it. Maybe somebody can, uh, I'm limited on time. He made this comment that we hold more technology in our phones, in our pockets, which shouldn't be there, by the way, for health reasons. But anyway, we'll put them there. We have more technology in our pockets than we as a nation did on September the 11th, 2001. Let that sink in. I, I saw a, a picture on social media, and it had a, 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 a smartphone. And then next to it was this big dinosaur camera, this big, you know, dinosaur computer, this big fax machine, this, you know, big whatever. And it was all on this desktop, and it said, all of that and more is now in here. Kind of put it into perspective. What am I saying? Here's what I'm saying. Please hear me. (laughs) This is where they're living. This is where they're living. They're living in the social media world. That's where they live. So he's seeking to galvanize ex-evangelicals with hashtags like Hashtag empty the pews. And how about this one? Hashtag rapture anxiety. Rapture anxiety. What troubled me the most about this article is that it speaks to what I'll call an antagonistic shift away from Bible prophecy. And and here's the concern. Here's the the problem. I'm just, again, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing my heart. The shift comes at a time when Bible prophecy, like never before, is beginning to come to pass with breakneck speed. And the enemy knows it. Jesus said the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's stealing especially from the hashtag generation. The blessed hope, the only hope that we and they have. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Were it not for the hope that that trumpet's going to sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive and remain will be caught up, raptured up, to meet the Lord in the air, were it not for that hope and the anticipation of that hope, I would literally, this is not hyperbole, I would lose my mind. As the world waxes more and more evil by the day, I can't even listen to the news anymore. And even locally, I had a brother send me an article. I couldn't read it. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. 
This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the Creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's prophecy update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this prophecy update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s prophecy updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to inspiritandtruthradio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this Prophecy Update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.